Welcome to Wellspring on the Air, where professional Christian counselors share practical life and Bible insights. Why? Because hearts and minds matter. We're glad you joined our show today to hear from our host, Tova Kreps, president of Wellspring Counseling in Miami. Tova is a licensed therapist with many years of experience as a Christian counselor. Tova teaches, writes, and consults, and Life FM is pleased to have Wellspring Counseling restoring hearts and minds in our community. Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Tova, co-founder and president of Wellspring Counseling. Today's program, I'm going to discuss the topic of being still, what it means to do versus to be, and how being is part of what God is calling us to do, that we need to be still to know God and to know ourselves and to know others and to know what to do next. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So let me ask you, how hard is it for you to be still? Are you ever still? Can you sit with yourself in the silence of your own being and be okay with what comes up? That's my challenge for you today. So this is called Be Still and Know. Let's dive in and take a look at the difference first between being and doing and why we need to be still. So my first point is exactly that. Be still and know God. Let's start with a passage, Psalm 4610. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So from that passage, we see at the very beginning, and it's a well-known passage, be still and know that I am God. It is in our quietness that we recognize God. It's not in our busy lives. It's not in the crazy stuff that happens every day in our lives that we're going to notice God. It's when we hold still. So I want to flesh this out a little bit with a passage from 1 Kings chapter 19, and it's about Elijah. He's a prophet in the Old Testament, and he stood up for what was right in the kingdom of God on God's behalf, and he was persecuted for being a prophet by Jezebel and by others who were his contemporaries. So 1 Kings tells us that he was running for his life to another land because he was being persecuted for being a prophet of God. And he became discouraged. As a matter of fact, I think from a mental health standpoint, he was actually downright depressed as I look at it from that standpoint. But he became discouraged. He ran away and he got away to a new land and he asked God to let him lie down and die. Maybe you feel like that sometimes. That's that depression kicking in. But God met him there in his depression and in his discouragement, and he had an angel feed him. And after he was strengthened, he actually traveled for 40 days and 40 nights. Does that sound like a familiar thing? 40 days and 40 nights. Yes, he did that on just that little bit of nourishment. So he's depressed. He gets sustained by God and angels and food. And then he reaches the mountain of God. And when he gets there, he lays down in a cave and he goes to sleep. And so here's what happens next. It says, And the word of the Lord came to him and asked him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword, and I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. So basically he complained to God, and God's response to him was to be in his presence. The next verse says, The Lord said, Go out. And stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. 
And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mount of the cave. Okay, so listen to what happened here. So Elijah's depressed. He's really upset. He wants to die. He cries out to God and complains, understandably. And God's answer to him was, be with me. And then when God is there, when God shows up, how does he show up? He is the gentle whisper. So then what happens next is Elijah goes out of the cave and then a voice comes, the same voice of God, and asks the exact same question a second time. What are you doing here, Elijah? Same question. Nothing's changed except in between he heard the gentle voice of God, a whisper. And so what happens after that is that God tells him what to do next. He gives him an answer and he show he tells him, I want you to go. I want you to do these next things. He's going to go anoint the next prophet, which is Elisha. And God gives him a helper. So God tells him, go, do, and I'm going to help you. He has answers. But Elijah did not hear those answers until first he was in the presence of God and heard God's gentle whisper. And that's what we're talking about today. Be still and know God. When you've been in the presence of God, you will find the answers. He will meet you there. You will hear his voice through scripture, through his words, through a sense in your presence, through all sorts of means. God has his ways of you hearing his voice, but it won't happen until you're still. God wants us to be still and know him. It is when we are still, we hear his voice. So let me ask you, are you ever still with God? Do you sit still? Do you have a place and a time in your life where you're quiet? A time and a place where you are still with God. God wants our hearts. He does not want our service. Now, we do serve him and we do good behaviors, but God is not as motivated by what we do and our service to him or to others or our good behaviors. What he cares about is our heart. And that is going to happen when you are clear and present with him. Listen, Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. A little farther down in that chapter 40, it says, Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, you meaning God, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, Here I am. I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is within my heart. In this passage, the psalmist is saying he goes into God's presence. He waits to hear the voice of God and God turns to him. God hears him. The psalmist says, you, God, you didn't want for me what I would do, all my sacrifices or my behavior. You want me. And by the end of that time, he tells God, here I am. I'm here for you. I've been in your presence, you meet me there, and now I'm present for you. And that's what God is waiting for. He is not waiting for sacrifices. He's not waiting for our behavior. He's waiting for our hearts. And we have to be still to know that. This passage is interestingly quoted in other parts of Scripture. In Hosea, it says the same phrase again, For I, God, desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. God's not looking for us to be religious. He's looking for our hearts. And then again, in Matthew 9, Jesus himself quoted this. It says in verse 10, While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. 
but go and learn what it means. And he quotes that Old Testament Psalm passage. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. The point is this. God's not looking for our behavior. He's looking for our hearts. And when our hearts are with him in his presence, what's going to happen is we're going to be humbled. When we're in the presence of God and we hear the earthquake and the storm and then eventually a gentle whisper because we're still, we're going to fall on our faces like Elijah did. We're going to throw a cloak over our head because what we're going to be super aware of is our humble state relative to God. And in his presence, then we're ready to go and do and be and serve. Only after we really know who we are with God, who he is in our presence, who we are in his presence, then we're ready to serve. There's another passage, Luke 10, New Testament, and Jesus uh, says Jesus and his disciples were on their way, and he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, and she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Doesn't that sound like most of us? Jesus answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. What did Mary choose? She chose to be still and in the presence of Jesus. God does not care as much about our doing as our being. He wants us to be still and to know him. And that's the first point about being still and knowing God. We must be in his presence to know who we are and who he is and to have a right heart for following him. And that's really all he's looking for. He doesn't need our service. He doesn't need our doing. He just needs us in our hearts. You know, Matthew chapter 15 tells us that if our hearts are with him, our behaviors will follow. It says, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile him. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands is not. And the point was, what we are on the inside is what's going to come out on the outside. So the key is that we be still and know ourselves and know God. So that brings me to my second point is when we're still, we know God. And the second is when we're still, we know ourselves. There's an ancient Greek aphorism that says, know thyself. And Socrates is credited with saying, the unexamined life is not worth living. And the point is this, are you ever still enough to know the truth about yourself? whatever that is. Can you tolerate being still and quiet? Can you have no phone, your phone turned off, your devices off, radio off, not running or doing or working or partying or sleeping or medicating yourself or any of those other things we do to keep ourselves super distracted and super busy? The question is, can you be still and know yourself? Because the unexamined life is not worth living. God asks us to examine our hearts before him. He wants to examine them. And when we're still with ourselves and examine ourselves, and when we're still with God and let him examine us and question us, and we're still with his word examining us and questioning us, then we're going to know the truth about ourselves in ways that allow us to change and grow and to let God if what is revealed is our sin, let God forgive us. If what is revealed is something we need to do, then we go and do, but we're ready to do it. But we can't do that until we're still and we know ourselves and we know God. So my third point is be still and know others. And I'm going to come right back to that after a very short break. So take a break. I'm glad you're with me on the radio. If you've just joined me, you can catch the beginning of this some other day. You can go on wellspringmiami.org and listen to this beginning of this. Otherwise, stick with me and I'll be right back. 
Traumatized youth are evident in all walks of society, in the news and in our communities. Wellspring Counseling helps community youth overcome the traumas of violence, sexual abuse, grief and loss through a summer program called Bounce. Bounce Trauma Resolution Program helps youth process their trauma and learn resilience through intensive experiential therapies like art and horse-assisted therapy in a fun, camp-like Christian atmosphere. This program is partially funded by a Miami-Dade County grant, but we still need your support. Would you sponsor a youth who has experienced a severe traumatic event in Miami-Dade County to attend Bounce? Go to wellspringmiami.org slash bounce or call 786-573-7010 to donate by phone. So welcome back. This is Tova with Wellspring on the Air. And today we're talking about being still to know God. And my first few points is that we need to be still to know God and we need to be still to know ourselves. And in knowing God and being still, then we can go and do. But without having that presence of God, without knowing who we are with Him and who we are within ourselves and who we are with others and who He is to us, we're going to mess up in everything that else we do and be. All right, so we're be still and know God, be still and know ourselves. And the third point is be still and know others. You know, if you're talking all the time, you're not going to know the people around you if you're doing all the talking. You need to be still every now and then. Just look at the people around you and let them talk. It's okay. Let them, let them ramble. Let them go. You will notice things. You will be present in a wonderful way. If you're not just thinking about the next thing you're going to say, talking over people, interrupting people, but instead just be still and know the people around you. Do you know your kids? Do you know your family members and friends? We think we do, but often we're so busy competing and trying to put ourselves out there and be known and let everyone see and know us that we don't really know them. So I just want to challenge you to be an observer. And the only way to do that is to be quiet every now and then, to watch what's happening around the room around you and to actually notice. And I promise you, when you do speak, you will have much better things to say because they'll be more on target and people will appreciate that about you. So we need to be still and know God. We need to know ourselves and we need to be still and know others. And my last point is that we really want to be instead of do. So be still, be quiet. That's a be. It's not a do. Those are opposites. And there are a lot of things scripture tells us to do and they're important. There are things we need to act out our faith. It needs to be developed and shown through our behaviors, through our actions. But really God is most concerned As I've already said earlier in the show, he is most concerned with our hearts and who we are in our character. So let me define a little bit being and doing. So doing is things like helping, serving. Notice that doing can be good things, not just not just worldly things, all of our doing, even church doing, all the dues that we go to church and all of that. It can be rescuing, leading, our actions, our business, all of those are actions that we take. And we have to take actions every day to live. But there's a different thing that has to do with be. Be speaks of existing, our presence, our relationship value. Are you valuable all by yourself before you do a single thing for another person? That's a challenging question. Do you know that you count even if you do nothing? You know, God creates flowers in the desert that nobody ever sees. Do they have a value all by themselves if nobody ever sees them? And my answer, I believe, is yes. They're there for God's glory. All they have to do is be, be exactly who they are, who they're created to be. They have value without doing something. So there's this being. It has to do with 
being present in the very moment. So I want to introduce the word mindfulness. Mindfulness is about, can you be present in a moment? Can you just be? So you're thinking about your existence. So I'm going to ask you right now, you're sitting in your cars. I'm looking at my clock. I got time. Okay, I want you to just sit still. You're driving probably, but wherever you are, sit still. And I want you to notice where you are. I want you to, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. (laughs) But I want you to, first of all, notice your feet. Are they on the floor? Can you feel the floor? Can you feel the earth beneath you? That's the earth. And so I want you to be present with the earth and grounded there. I want you to now look around you. I want you to notice three things that you've never seen in where you're sitting. Something you didn't notice was there before. Now I want you to notice your breathing. So this is air. I want you to think of the air coming in and out. I want you to take deep breaths in hold out very slowly and all I want you to think about is your feet on the floor your presence in your space and your breathing now I want you to notice water I want you to notice the saliva in your mouth and I want you to try to make more water because when you make more water in your mouth you actually trigger your body to calm down because it says oh okay you're not under stress anymore now you can you can digest so I want you to Notice the water, make a little bit in your mouth. So we've got earth and air and water. Now I'm going to move to fire or light. And think about what you can see in your vision, in your visually around you. And now I want you to think about what you can picture. I want you to picture a really happy place in your life. Picture the scene. Smell the smells, hear the noises. Think about how you feel in your body. Breathe deeply. You're present with the earth, you're present in your body, you're present with your breathing, and you have visions in your mind. Ah, so welcome back. I hope you're driving safely and you're more calm. Okay, that is mindfulness. That is about being present. And can you be present in the moment of just existing, your existence in life at this moment, the breath in your lungs, no matter what's happening. Okay, so the challenge is to be instead of to do. So that might be meditation and learning more of this. There are apps you can get on this. There are all sorts of things you can do, and they're not necessarily not biblical. There are some great biblical ways. You can meditate on scripture. You can be mindful in the present. But it's about being fully present, noticing yourself, noticing others around you, slowing down and being present and just existing. Now, I want you to notice that God himself is called I am. God is not himself so worried about what he does for us. He tells us uh, hundreds of ways in scripture that he is with us. He is present and that that is enough. And so maybe God's presence and sometimes even ours is enough. The being matters. Exodus 3.13, Moses says to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, this is when he's first being called to rescue the Hebrews from slavery. And he says, what if I go to them and tell them the God of your fathers has sent me to you? And they ask me, what's his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. That's God's very name. It's not what he does. It's who he is that matters. 
this existence concept of being. God does not do for us, but he is always with us. Listen to Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Not because you'll protect me or you'll rescue me or you'll pull me out, although he does do those things sometimes. But he is with us, and that is enough. God's very presence is enough. When Jesus came to earth, it says the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. God is with us. God is just present. Matthew 28, the very end of the gospel, Jesus is leaving and he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. God is present with us. Being is enough. His being is enough. And we too can follow his model and learn to just be instead of do. So let me ask you, why is it hard for you to just be? Why is it hard for me to be? We have avoidance. So I'm going to list a few for you from the mental health world. What Maybe you're avoiding intimacy issues. You've got some intimacy issues going on. You don't know who you are. You, don't, you can't connect to people because of your childhood, because of pain and injuries people have done for you. You don't want to be known. You want to do so that you can control everyone to like you or to meet your needs. That's not the same thing as being known. Are you afraid to be known? You can't be still because you can't know yourself and you're afraid to let other people know you because if they saw the real you, they might not like you. We have fear of rejection. We have fear of intimacy. So if that's you, you need to do something about it. Get yourself into counseling. Figure out why you can't be still, why you can't let people really know you. Let them know you. Be known. Uh, Sometimes we have pain. Sometimes we don't want to be present and still because we have painful truths about our past, about who we are. Maybe we have guilt or shame or or we're insecure or we just have so much pain we think we can't face it. If the truth keeps you from being still, I want to tell you, you can face every single painful truth in your life with God. He is with you. So if what's painfully true is that you have sinned, you can be forgiven. And you can start over because God loves you anyway. He's not surprised. He called you knowing you'd sin as badly as you did. He can forgive you. It's okay. Maybe the painful truth is something someone else did to you. You can face it. You can feel it. You can face the shame of their terrible disrespect of you. You can figure out what to do with it. That's my circle of truth that I teach. You can face it, feel it, express it, fix what you can, accept it, and embrace it. You can forgive people, but after you faced all the pain... Go ahead, face it. It's not happening anymore. And if it is, you need to set some boundaries. So face the truth of others hurting you. Face the truth of your sin. You can be forgiven. Other people's sin, you can forgive them. Face the truth of the losses in your lives. You can be still and face those painful things because you can grieve and God will make up for your losses. He will comfort you in your losses. He will be present with you in your losses. He understands them and it's enough. You can be still and there's nothing true about your life that you can't face if you're still with God. He will love you in it. He will be with you. And if it's super hard or you're super stuck, come to Wellspring Counseling. We'll help you through the process. We will sit with you while you try to be. 
All right. So we have all sorts of reasons we avoid being still and ways we avoid it. We get distracted by the world, our devices, our addictions. Maybe you're like me, a little ADD, and so you're just distracted in general. Maybe the world is pulling you away or you have issues from your past. We have lots of reasons and ways we avoid being present. But I want to encourage you to be and not just do. A few last wrap-ups on this. How can you improve in your process of being versus doing? How can you just be present? So first of all, parents, every day a little play. I think I want to prescribe to you five minutes a day where you are with your children with no agenda. You're not teaching them something. You're not directing. You're not asking. You're not inquiring. You're just present, which means maybe you let them lead the game. Maybe you let them pick it. You're not teaching them how to play fair. You're just teaching them that you can be present with them. And you'll be surprised what you notice by being still with your children and being present and just noticing them and enjoying them. So be still with your kids just be don't always do spouses friends family the people we love do the same thing put your devices down and be present notice each other look each other in the eye listen to them have empathy with each other that's what we need to do with our loved ones men you need to listen without fixing that's a b not a do you think you have to do something to fix your wife's problem you don't she just wants you to know her and her issues so just be present with her and I promise you it'll get rewarded. Women, I want you to listen to your husbands without demands. I want you to know them. You need to figure out what their day is like, what their work is like. Don't just pile on more demands for them to do. Be present and notice them. Just be with them. Be intimate with them. They need that. That will help them bond to you. Be present with them. Leaders, you need to take time to be still before you lead with integrity and character. You cannot do it if you don't have time being still. And we need to show up in general at people's lives. So we need to be present. You know, when there are times of need, when there are funerals, we take a look around and we figure out who showed up. Who showed up at the hospital? Who was there for you? We even use those phrases. He was there for me. And that's what we mean. There's not a doing. There's just a being. When your friends and your loved ones and your people in your church are going through hard times, you need to show up. Don't leave them out there dangling. Just be present. You don't have to do anything. Sometimes the doing is helpful too, but mostly people want to know that you are, quote, there. So just be there like the old song, I'll be there. Just be there in each other's lives. Be present and you will do it. Be still and know God. Be still and know yourself. Be still and know others and be instead of do. Well, we're coming to the end of our show. I hope this has been good. If you just joined us late and you want to hear the whole thing from the beginning, go to wellspringmiami.org. This recording is called Be Still and Know. I am Tova with Wellspring. We'd love to hear from you. Please write me an encouraging email. I'd love to have that. You can write me at Tova at wellspringmiami.org. You can find us for counseling, Christian counseling, faith-based counseling in this community at wellspringmiami.org. This is Wellspring on the Air because hearts and minds matter. Have a great day. Wellspring on the Air is a production of Wellspring Counseling, a nonprofit professional counseling center with multiple locations in Miami-Dade County. Wellspring therapists are licensed by the state of Florida and Christian in their worldviews. They have wide ranges of clinical expertise, including marriage, family, anxiety, depression, and trauma. Their diverse group of therapists includes several who speak Spanish or Portuguese. If you would like to know more about Wellspring's services of counseling and education, go to their website at wellspringmiami.org or give them a call at 786-573-7010 or email them at ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. 
Again, you can find a way to contact them at wellspringmiami.org.